Welcome to the EDU Podcast, where Rob and Gary talk and drink with your favorite photographers. So grab yourself a cold sarsaparilla and saddle up. Welcome back, yeah. No. Are you ready? <coughs> Hello. Yeah. Start your engines, boys. Oh, you gotta get that sound in there. Welcome back to another edition of Photographers in Cars doing podcasts. <laughs> in Puerto Rico. <laughs> in Puerto Rico. <laughs> We're on our way to Gilligan's Island, and we have an hour and a half drive, so we, we figured we'd continue to do podcasts, this time with Aaron Nace. Yo. Welcome. And Thank you. Yeah, with no introduction needed. Uh, Please Aaron, introduce me. Aaron is the uh, the the prince of the pen tool, um, <laughs> <laughs> aka the the prince of Photoshop. Uh, you've kind of uh, we also have Rob Grimm. I'm Rob here. Grimm. Don't Rob, forget about me. Rob Grimm's Grimm. still here. I'm sorry, Rob. I'm, I'm in the I back know. of the bus, so it's, We're, it's we are uh, in the we are in. <laughs> the back I'm literally in the back of the bus. It's a short bus. Is it nauseating a little bit? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm used to driving, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm gonna hurl. But if I do, <laughs> it's going forward. <laughs> spray. You're gonna spray throw up the wall. <laughs> Get it all the mic. pressure. Yeah, intense pressure. So, Aaron, thank you again for coming down to Puerto Rico. Thanks for having us. It's been it's been great. We've known Aaron for many, many years, years now. now. Yeah, yeah, at least four years, huh? Yep. I actually uh, least, yeah. was looking for uh, a retoucher in the Chicago area, yeah. and we found you on Behance. Yeah, that's right. Back, back in the day, which is interesting because I have like three photos on Behance. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you showed up, Chicago retoucher Behance, and then we, uh, the rest is history. They yeah. Say. But we wound up working together, doing tutorials and teaching and doing yeah. all kinds of stuff. We've done all kinds of stuff together. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. You're one of our favorites, Aaron. Well, you guys are two of my favorites. Oh, it's a love fest. A dynamic duo. Yeah, we're just, for it's all the you fest. listeners out there, we're just cuddling toes right <laughs> now. <laughs> Toe wars. Toe war federation. So, Aaron, for those of you, our listeners who might not know what you do, what... What, what would you say you do here? What do I do? Well, I was just listening to the Rob Timko podcast, uh, you know, and he talked about his photographic journey and taking, like, rolls of film every week and printing, and it made me realize that I'm actually not a photographer. <laughs> uh, I thought I was a photographer for years, but hearing how many pictures he's taking compared to how many pictures I take, uh, I'm, I'm declassifying myself as a photographer no longer a photographer uh, i think you came to photography from the other side you were doing photoshop and your your kind of mathematical mind led you to your art side of yeah. being a photographer so you kind of backed into it uh, which a lot of people are doing now in the age of, of digital photography and retouching they become retouchers and then as a result they kind of back into photography whereas before it was you started as a photographer yeah yeah yeah. So i think you just look at it differently yeah right? yeah coming at it from a different side so um, what I, I guess I'm mostly known for is uh, teaching people how to use Photoshop. Um, we have a YouTube channel and a website, Flearn. It's like PhotoLearn, P-H-L-E-A-R-N. Great name. It's one word. Um, and we have over 800 free tutorials on YouTube uh, teaching you how to use basically every part of the program. And if you're interested in learning more advanced content, uh, we have those for sale on our website and, um, you know, have just all kinds of really great 
people that are hanging out with us on Flurn. I think a huge amount of our audience knows about your work and the things that you that you teach. Um, I don't think everybody necessarily knows the story of why you got into building Flurn. Um, it was almost accidental in building your company. Yeah, right? pretty much, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't start off like thinking I was going to build a, a company. Really, it was just um, I was getting into photography, and Photoshop for me was just like fun. And for me, the process. What were you doing? Tell our audience what you were doing at the time. Like, where where were you in your life when you started exploring Photoshop and the world of photography? Oh yeah, before so, it kicked in. So. Um, I, I was pretty late to the photography game, actually. Uh, I graduated college. I studied uh, industrial design, product design. And after I graduated, I decided to go travel South America for about a year. And I brought, like, a little point-and-shoot with me and just, you know, I'll document this. This was before, like, iPhones were, like, super big or whatever. Um, so I brought this little camera with me and took a bunch of pictures. And, you know, I, I just had a great time. I wanted to document this, like, really cool trip. Um, when I got back, I like printed some pictures, put them up on Flickr and whatever. And my family was like, ah, a couple of those are actually pretty cool, mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, I was kind of looking for something to do, you know, with my time. It just kind of like got back to, you know, got back to the States after my trip and was like, all right, well, maybe I'll give this a go. Um, and for me, there was, I was always, I grew up drawing, uh, all the time, you know, like I'd like pose my Ninja Turtles on the table and then like draw them and stuff like that. It's like that's just kind of like. Who's your favorite Ninja Turtle? Uh, Donatello, Donatello for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, you gotta love Donatello. Donatello spoke to you. He spoke to me. Yeah, yeah. the staff and kindred spirits in inventing things. Um, so I was really into drawing, and then you know in college I I was doing product design, so I was like I I was into making stuff, um, but I was never like the best at drawing it was you know decent but I, I was never like it, I never got to the like the photo real level it's just I just didn't do it enough um, and I kind of discovered you know like with photography I could still like create something cool like I had like oh this cool idea for like a you know a, a concept I have a, a photo where we did uh, a girl uh, who's sitting on the steps of like an old man in barn um, with like a flood of water like rolling down the steps and completely covering her um which we actually did we we found an abandoned barn you know had a girl sit on the steps and filled like giant trash barrels full of water and poured them all over her um <laughs> it was awesome <laughs> uh but the uh the the use of like photography and photoshop together to kind of create like an end image um that's what kind of like drew me and i i would say like you know, photography alone or like Photoshop alone, those things don't, you know, each of those things are like, you know, personally like kind of interesting, but right. when when you combine the two together uh, to create a, a piece of art or a conceptual photograph that couldn't have existed without either of those pieces, um, to me, that's that's what like really drew me in. That's what like I think it ties directly in. into your industrial design background, oh, where for you're sure. you're coming up with a concept, you you know, you draw it out, you lay it out, you put it all together, which is like pre-production and photography, mm -hmm. and you actually go out and you create the product. You see it come to its fruition. So I, I think your industrial design mind completely drove you into the connection between Photoshop and photography. So yeah. would you guys say there's a difference between a photographer and an image maker? Is there 
Are there oh, two I, things? yeah, I think that there, yeah, I think our business is absolutely composed of photographers and retouchers and image makers. Yeah, there there are many different facets, mm-hmm. and I think, um, you know, Aaron has a very different mind because he is looking at um, how to put together an image. It's a concept. It's how do I put to how do I first come up with the concept then how do I make all the parts happen and then put those those parts together yeah Um, yeah and that's that's what's fun for me you know like and I I love hanging out with people and you know like taking pictures of family and friends and stuff like that and to me those are like you know cool snapshots from life but um, the the fun stuff is like I have this idea and how am I gonna do this it's like I have to you know, it, it involves photography and it's going to involve Photoshop and, you know, taking pictures in multiple different places with different people and different lighting and props and things like that. And then combining it all together in one image. So, yeah, I would say that if anything, I'm more of like an image maker than a photographer. That's um, just kind of what drew me in. And starting Flurn was just kind of, it, it happened really naturally. Uh, so, just my interest was in creating these like composite photos you know doing things that you know couldn't exist uh, in real life and I'd post my work on Flickr and things like that and you know people were like oh that's really cool how did you do that and so you know individually I'd answer them by email and then you know someone messaged me and was like hey would you be willing to do like a webinar uh, showing me how you did uh, how you made this certain image in Photoshop and said he'll pay me so I was like yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) sounds good my first paid gig Um, so that was you know I I really like as far as like being in the commercial world of photography uh, very little experience being paid to take photographs I mean almost none I I went straight from personal work to people paying me for instruction um, do you by chance still have a copy of that webinar? Oh, I don't. No, they oh, were. It oh, was like awesome. from Go To Meeting or whatever. They didn't. No, they it wasn't recorded or anything. But live. yeah, they were incredibly. That would be bad. <laughs> I remember when when we first met. You were in that first studio, which was a little storefront. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was immediately the oh, impression yeah. that I was left with was the fact that this was just something you wanted to do. You just had an idea and you wanted to figure it out. Figure yeah. out how to make it, um, which is a really cool uh, kind of built-in approach that you just had it's like I, I don't know I just want to do it I want to figure it out so there weren't people for you to go to to, turn, to really look and like okay how do I do this you just sat down and figured it out yourself yeah yeah and that's that's the fun and, you know that that's part of the fun for me it's just like I, you know as a kid I used to like take apart the VCR and put right. it back together you know it's just like I, I like figuring things out um, and so I kind of think about that you know with photography and Photoshop like you know, building different parts of a photo, uh, you know, in, in my head and I'll sketch and, you know, right. do a lot of like, you know, look at references and things like that. And then, you know, try to basically try to try to make whatever's in my head into a reality uh, through through photography and photo. What do you think are your sources of inspiration? Like what what kicks in the idea to have a woman hanging from the ceiling by her ponytail <laughs> versus, um, I don't know, one of your other images of like shoes on fire or something? What what do you think sparks you? And and you do a lot of research to, to get to those answers to figure out those um, the solutions that, that create the image. So what do you think sparks you? Um, yeah, good question. I, I think, you know, looking back at my work, it's definitely been a lot of, like, emotional um, outlets for me. I, I tend to, you know, like, 
keep my emotions inside just as a person it's like obviously something i'm trying to work on communicating right. that stuff better but looking back at you know the history of my work it's obvious that like i was expressing whatever was going on in my life through my work um you know and just i've, I've there are periods of like total like bliss and happiness which is like i'm just making stupid faces and doing all kinds of fun stuff in pictures right. and then there's like dark periods where everyone in my pictures are dead and like cut in half and there's blood everywhere and right. I, those aren't in my portfolio <laughs> getting <laughs> shotgun blasted getting, through a wall yeah getting shot by a shotgun through a wall and you know decapitation and I mean there's a lot of dark stuff I think in there that was the first photo I saw of yours and I was like damn like what is this is awesome is it's it just so unrealistic but so realistic is it cathartic for you? Oh, look who just got another five points. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm now racking at, up the points. He's now at 25 points. Apparently not many people down good here are good with, word. the, with words. Right. But I am. Sorry, so I would say so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say so for sure. All right. Um, yeah, I, and it's it's one of those things where I, I get excited about ideas. And it for me, like, I have to hit, like, almost immediately like if i get excited about an idea like i gotta get going on it and like make it happen because a month later chances are i won't be excited about that idea anymore so do you think it's tied to the fact that you're working through some emotion you you an idea sparked because you're getting out something that's bottled up in you so i would you, say you so have yeah to immediately move on it in order to to, to kind of deal with it yeah I, I would say so and i you know that was that was a lot of like how I got my start in photography, but I gotta say nowadays, like I'm, I'm actually pretty dang satisfied as a person, um, and like that's being represented in my current work too. It's, right. it, my current work is actually not very conceptual. It's not very like angsty. There's no violence. There's no, you know, there's there's really none of that. And I, I think it's just because my own like mental like <laughs> what's going on in my head and my heart it's like pretty tranquilo right, right. now. right and i don't think i'm not <laughs> suggesting by any stretch of the imagination that work only is generated from problems or negative thoughts and right you know um there's catharsis and happy thoughts as well i mean you can find it in a lot of different ways so. yeah for sure for sure and um yeah I, I think that you know for me the the whole process of you know taking pictures and manipulating them and it it's you really can do anything you want and that it's caused me to change my style over and over again i mean i i look at my own pictures and you know um i it seems like i'm drawn to different styles i guess like i'll look at one series of photos that i do that mm -hmm. you know that i've done recently and then look at another series and it to me they look like they were done by different photographers maybe i don't know you guys have seen my work does yeah it? yeah and, and that i agree with you completely in fact that's one of the things i think is so interesting about you you just come up with an idea and it doesn't matter again if it's a girl hanging by her ponytail or shoes on fire they are very different styles you're not driven by the style you're driven by a concept and execution and execution isn't necessarily defined by you yet meaning i don't think that you have one set of processes that you go down you have a concept it comes into your mind and you think okay how can i create this and then you start going through a list of solutions to come up with that that yeah. end result and that might take you down very different pathways yeah, yeah for sure. which is why you don't have a a, a defined Aaron Nace style i think there know? is a defined Aaron Nace style because when you look at the photo you're you stop and you go this is surreal how is this done you know and i think yeah. that is maybe the underlying 
theme maybe that ties this whole thing together because like you stop and look at your image and you're like wait this doesn't make any sense how is this done you know so that that could be one thing that really ties those images together yeah 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 cool uh, i i would say so i mean i i did a recent series where like you know there was really very little mystery but i just i was playing around with color gradients in it and you know all the images had like really interesting I, I cut everyone out from the background and replaced them with color gradients and that was like what i was into at the time but nice. um yeah what, I, what, out of all the flern pros that you've done and those images what's been your favorite my favorite flern pro do you, do you have one? Oh, good question um yeah i i did a uh, an image called Baxter. Oh, yeah, I was just gonna say that. Oh, I remember. A few that years ago, yeah. I had so much fun making that. It was basically a uh, like an homage to like a Calvin and Hobbes slash like where the wild things are story. Um, where we, I had the idea of like, you know, a, a kid who had like a, a teddy bear kind of thing, and um, you know, at night when he was like getting ready for bed, his imagination would go wild. His teddy bear would come alive, and they'd go on adventures, and. I was like, okay, well, uh, this is, it's a cool, it's a cool yeah. idea. Like I, you know, I related to it like as a kid, like I would, I totally had like imaginary friends and would, you know, do all kinds of crazy stuff outside. So, you know, for me, it was like, I gotta, I gotta make this happen. So, um, I, I like started drawing Baxter, you know, what, what was this little guy going to look like? And I didn't, I didn't want to like go buy a teddy bear, uh, you know, from a store right. that just didn't seem like yeah. it was going to match what was going on in my head. Um, so I started drawing, uh, like what I wanted him to look like. And I wanted him to be kind of like, um, kind of like a, a big monster, but also like kind of dopey a little bit, you know, kind of like not that scary. Yeah. Um, so I was drawing him and I, I like one of his like two, like a tooth is like chipped and <laughs> like, he's got like, oh, he's got horns, but one of them's like a little bit crooked and he's kind of fat and he's got like really short legs and you know, you can tell he just can't like walk very fast and you know, <laughs> it's like, he's just a little dopey. It's like so, e. T. Yeah. He's like ET basically. Um, so I, I started off just drawing and then from there I moved, uh, to, to actually making, uh, this little guy and, you know, basically just like use that, like, you know, that spray foam that you can like fill in gaps, like yeah. gap filler, just like sprayed a bunch of it on a table and like you know waited and then sprayed more and then started like carving it and then uh i ordered like fake fur and like um taxidermy eyes and like buffalo teeth and uh fox tails for his eyebrows and um goat horns for for his horns and um replica eagle talons for his for his fingers and um and i just i i made made baxter that's uh, awesome yeah, it was really fun, actually, and, you know, just, like, some hot glue and some fake fur, and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, made this little guy, and then, you know, we went on, like, Craigslist, and was, like, you know, looking for, you know, looking for a young kid <laughs> be in my photo shoot. <laughs> like, nothing creepy there. <laughs> nothing creepy there. Like, you know, <laughs> we'd like it if the parents were here, too, yeah. you know, like... <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, we just went on an adventure. So uh, the the main photo from that series is um, the 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 kid who's like he was so cool. We built him like a little hat too. So he's got a hat out of the same fur that matches Baxter. Um, so he's like in an alley, uh, like shining a flashlight, um, shining a flashlight out one side of the frame, and on the other side of the frame, uh, Baxter, who I built, he's about three and a half feet tall in real life, um, but 
in Photoshop, I was able to make him like 15 feet tall. You know, we just photographed him at the right perspective and composited him in. So on one side of the photo, you know, the kid's shining a flashlight looking for Baxter. And on the other side of the photo, he's like giant and he's like <laughs> hiding behind a garage. He's yeah. like 15 feet tall. Um, and it's like a game of hide and seek, basically. Um, and I think that was, it, it was one of the most like fun projects I've done photographically because I got to like build this guy that I like you know had in my head and you know we got we got to like tell a story through this uh, and then you know obviously uh, he's three and a half feet tall and I, I wanted it to look like photo real you know I wanted mm -hmm. it to look like he was actually 15 feet tall and you know we were like articulating his body to make it look like he was like looking at the kid and kind of like smiling and stuff like that so um, doing that part of it and then and then compositing everything together in Photoshop you know, matching the light shooting Baxter in the studio and, you know, at the right angle and things like that to make him look really big. Um, and then compositing everything together was just a lot of fun to create this image. Uh, and I think that created a great tutorial because, you know, so much went into the production of, uh, of the photo itself. Um, and then the teaching side of it uh, was really fun too because it's just, you know, we're creating this like fantasy image together. That was one of your, your earlier images. I mean, Baxter was kind of early in Flern. Mm -hmm. Do you now have the luxury of taking that kind of time to put together an image? Are you able to do that? Uh, you know, that's a really good question. I I would say that it it kind of depends on where we're at. I, I think that, yeah, I think I do right. have the time. I, I think for me, you know, again, it's like, um, it, it's drive. I just did a, a huge photo shoot uh, uh, like two weeks ago. Um, we went on a road trip to the Upper Peninsula and photographed some friends who were also models and, mm -hmm. you know, did more like lifestyle stuff where there's, there's really no concept at all. It was just like, you know, photographing people in, in cool locations. And, you know, that's just kind of like what I like wanted to do at that point. So I feel super lucky, you know, with Flern in that, you know, whether I want to you know, build like a little stuffed animal and do a composite photo like that. If I want right. to do that one week, the next week I just want to do like lifestyle stuff and go photograph some friends, you know, shooting off fireworks in the like by the lake. Um, you know, I, I feel pretty lucky that I'm able to do you have both an, of those things. You have an interesting amount of freedom with what it is you do. You know, a like scary a lot of, amount of freedom. Yeah, a lot of commercial photographers have a specific... Um, genre that they work in that they mm -hmm. become known for it, mm -hmm. it, it, and their portfolio builds on that I think you have an amazing luxury of really doing whatever the hell you want yeah it, I'll tell you it's a luxury and it's also like you know what do I do you know like so, so, <laughs> so does that luxury overwhelm you overwhelm you at times where I, it's stifling I, I, I wouldn't say it's stifling but you know at the end of the day um, so uh, Flern is how everything is made possible you right. know like I um, it's been, you know, f we just had our five-year anniversary, and you know, uh, I, again, like every every photo that I do, every you know, every every time I pick up the camera, usually I'm looking into how can I make this into a tutorial. Right. Um, so that's the interesting part. It, it a lot of the times it doesn't really matter what I photograph as long as I feel like, you know, a, a, a great quality, you know, bit of education can be pulled out of that process, whether it's teaching people. Uh, the lighting or, you know, posing the models or, you know, working with computer programs, cutting people out of their backgrounds, compositing, retouching, you know, there, there's so many facets of uh, digital manipulation and enhancement and, and retouching that um, really it, 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 it all comes down to, you know, 
can we make a quality tutorial out of this idea? And if we can, then it really doesn't matter what the idea is. Right. Um, and, and that's that's really cool because I get to, again, I get to totally change what I do uh, week after week. How long is your process when you come up with an idea um, for a pro tutorial? How long does it take before that actually winds up being in production and then out in people's hands? Good question. Um, I would say... A couple months, yeah. usually, yeah, for sure. Uh, we've we've shot like a, a ton of stuff that's like just, you know, in production and kind of like, you know, uh, it's like in the queue, getting ready to be released. Because it, it, you know, you guys know, obviously, it's a big production. I mean, it, yeah. like, you know, uh, for instance, we just released uh, retouching one hundred one through three hundred one, which is right. the most comprehensive tutorial on retouching ever released. It's thirty five hours long of that's a lot of edited video and and that that was me recording too so mm -hmm. i was in front of the camera like you know for over 40 hours like just recording this tutorial um and i also shot the photographs you know that that we teach that and did, did all the yeah. lesson planning and things like that so um it, it just takes a it's an enormous amount of it takes work. a long time you know um and then you know thankfully we have amazing people to help us like edit it and package it and you know like uh do all that stuff uh as well to like actually you know get it ready to where it's you know we put all the like keyboard shortcuts on the screen and you know all the like all the things that make it easier to follow along with the tutorial but you know just the amount of time that it takes to actually record the tutorials is uh it, it can be substantial what's sure. at the 101 level compared to the 301 level so yeah basically with our 101 through 301 series uh which we've that's you know the platform we're releasing tutorials on uh right now um we want to take people from like beginner like okay i haven't even opened photoshop ever you know so here's a general layout of the program here are the tools you're going to be learning like let me just kind of explain what's going on let's get you working in the right color space let's talk about like raw versus jpeg like let's let's get you all set up and make sure you're just doing things right and you know that's that's 101 201 we go and start like applying okay in the last one you learned how to use the pen tool and how to use the brush tool now we're going to show you what you can actually do, do with, with those tools and then in 301 we combine multiple processes together so it's like you know we're stacking 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 and by the end we're creating these like complete com you know uh, retouched images mm -hmm. where we're we're combining dodging and burning and frequency separation and you know retouching the eyes and the nose and the right. lips and you know doing hair and replacing a background and stacking all these things together so people can learn you know like Things like retouching, you know, it's a it's a process. It's not a button you press. It's like it's a combination of many different techniques, and you know, we, we got to cover the basis in 101, and then build and then build on that. But uh, our goal is by the end of 301 that you have everything that you need to actually be able to retouch, you know, like a professional would. Obviously, you still have to right. practice, but you know, <laughs> the idea is that what you have everything you need to know. What goes beyond 301? It's 401, Rob. It's 401. <laughs> 401. Um, well, that for us right now, that that's a, like a subject change, really. Yeah. Um, you know, like for when I recorded retouching 101 through 301, I, I put it all on the table. I mean, there's nothing, nothing that I know about retouching that's not included in that tutorial. I wow. mean, if something happens and you know we come out with some remarkable way that makes things easier or more advanced or like a specific type of retouching or whatever then you know appending a 401 i, I think is yeah. totally appropriate but you know i there's i don't leave anything out you know it, it's That's not like pen tool prints 
I'm not doing like planned obsolescence. You know, I'm not like a I'm not doing like an Apple thing where like I have yeah. features planned for like four years out. Like, well, yeah, I'm you can't to actually. Them. Software is changing so much, and and the hardware that is changing so much that you will probably always be able to update and change and add new things to it. Exactly. Think, yeah. You know. Exactly. And there's so much to teach. I mean, like, you know, within compositing, for instance, I mean, the, there are so many different types of compositing, and there's right. so many different things you can do with compositing that, like, just, you know, teaching photo- teaching just compositing, I mean, I, you know, got a 40-hour tutorial on that, you know, and we're in the process of making that, so... You know, and then we jump from there, and it's like teaching lighting, and yep. you know that's a huge genre. And it, I, I just feel like the there's so many different areas that we can focus on and, and, and go really in depth um, that it it's just kind of endless. And then you know, then there's the fun stuff like Baxter, which is like right. we weren't teaching uh, a specific technique necessarily. We were teaching like how to make this like fantasy conceptual image. And that, that sort of thing is, those are like really fun side projects too. Like, you know, it's not focused on necessarily learning like the program of Photoshop. We're focusing on like, how do we bring this like fantasy image to life? Is there one part of your process that you really favor or enjoy more? Like, is it writing the curriculum or being on camera or interacting with your audience? Is there something that you, that, that feels best to you? Um, I love to shoot, man. I, yeah. I, I really do. It's it's so much fun. That's where like, that's where I think all the like the you know the energy and you know passion comes from. How much time do you actually get behind the camera with all that you have to do with the business? Um, I would say, you know, these days I'm probably doing a couple shoots a month. Um, yeah. you know, it it comes and goes in waves. Yeah. Uh, you know, depending on on what we're doing. Obviously, like, uh, you know, if I'm producing a let's say retouching 101 through 301 which we released uh last month um you know i had to be in front of the camera for 40 hours to to, to actually record mm-hmm. that tutorial so uh the month where i was record recording that tutorial i shot very little you know i was just i was more of the you know uh that was the tutorial instruction side of things how much um, coffee are you on during the filming of these tutorials not not much. I don't. Just I don't drink much do coffee. It. Do you have a ritual, like a, a a workout ritual, before you do these these long, intense brain sessions? Um, oh, good question. Um, I don't know. I I try to get you know a decent bit of sleep, and I we pace it out. You know, I'll record like an hour and a half at a time, and you know hit the stop button an hour and a half more. But um, I find that you know after four hours of recording. Uh, instruction I my my brain is just done yeah, yeah. you know it, teaching it, takes it out of you it, it really it's does t- yeah it's, it's hard so much you know. energy doing the doing the editorial food uh, tutorial when I was doing that just that was five days straight 40 hours Rob would just he would ball up in a, a little corner and just cry for like 35 minutes of the or every day. or then the, the next position. moment I'd be screaming and Drinking whiskey. (laughs) 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 It's a hard process. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also, uh, to me, and I know you're the same way, it's incredibly rewarding. Oh, yeah. Um, The the ability to teach, but to to share our thought processes and really show the world kind of what we do, um, it's a rewarding process. Oh, it really is. It's incredibly cool. And it's it's made me, you know, a much better... you know, it's made me much better at, at my Absolutely. process to have to turn around and explain it to other people and like, you know, in a way that like actually makes sense. I mean, I, I feel like, 
you know, that's, that's always the challenge is like, I've got this complicated idea. How can I communicate it simply and quickly, you know, so right. anyone in the world can understand it. And in order to do that, it, it, it forces me to actually understand it better as well. Again, that goes to the research that, that you do. You spend a lot of time thinking about the entire part of the process and then distill it down to what is um, both most simplistic and most effective. Yeah, for and sure. And that's that again, I think is that industrial design mind. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Yeah. I think you're right for sure. And um, yeah, it's it's you know, we've been talking about our uh, paid tutorials, which are the Flurn Pro tutorials, um, and the other side of what we do are free tutorials. And we now have over 800 free tutorials yeah, on YouTube. God, that's amazing. In five dude. years. That's, that's an incredible yeah. amount of content to put out. Um, so for the first 3 years I produced 5 a week. Yeah. Wow. Five full-length tutorials a week. Uh, now we're doing two a week, and you know, now you're sleeping better. You're like, fine, like. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, it was getting to the point where like people couldn't keep up. You know, like, yeah. who's who's got time to watch those? But I mean, we get emails almost every week of people like, I've watched almost every tutorial you've put out, and oh, that's amazing. and it's like, I learned more in just watching your free tutorials than I did uh, paying for university. Mm-hmm. You know, the Photoshop class. I've university. seen these people come up to you like in public, like, "Oh my god, I feel like I know you. <laughs> oh, I've learned so much." Which is a cool part of things. I mean, and I, I'm really lucky because obviously, like with online personalities or whatever, like it, you can go polar, right? Like right. there are some online personalities that you know that uh, I, I don't think are received like super well publicly, you know, like with, if, if they're, you know, online for some type of like uh, shock jock type of, yeah. you know, uh, content or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, because everything that we've done has just been straight education. I mean, the, the folks that I get to meet in, in person are like, I mean, it, it, it's just awesome to hear their stories. And think about how much time someone has put in to watch nearly all of your free tutorials. I mean, it's an amazing amount of dedication. So obviously you're, um, you're really speaking to them in a very direct and personal way. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, it, it's just so cool. I mean, we get stories all the time of like, you know, I was, I was at a, you know, dead end job or whatever. And I wanted to be a graphic designer and I wanted to learn Photoshop. So I, you know, I just typed in like learn Photoshop online and they found, they found our YouTube channel Flurn on YouTube and, you know, just watched so many of our videos and then they're turning around and like building a career as like a graphic designer mm-hmm. or a retoucher. I mean, I, I've met a ton of like people who are like working retouchers now who are like, yeah, I just, I watched your videos and right. now I'm a retoucher. And I'm like, that is I know quite a few cool. graphic designers so that have cool. watched your stuff. In fact, I even get, got a client because of the tutorial that we did together. The first no one way. Went, yeah. They, they went on, they were watching, um, you know, some of your stuff, saw our t- first tutorial and um, wound up putting my name in front of their art buyer. Uh, and I got involved with the bidding process and wound up getting the job. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah, all right. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, for sure. Th- that's really sure. cool. Do you know that in just a few years, uh, if you had to guess, how many creative independent contractors work in the United States? What would you What would you say? Oh, my God. I have I have no idea. So in a couple of years, there's going to be 60 million people that work for themselves as creative or just contractors. 60 million? 60 million. So if you think about where the kind of global economy is going that's like a fifth of our population so like yeah like you know you can hire retouchers in india you can hire anyone on the internet to do just about anything and like fiverr is a good example of this mm-hmm. so many people are able to work remotely because of 
obviously technology so it's cool that when you get those stories they're like i've been able to like build a business based off of these tutorials it's like that's fucking awesome oh it's 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 absolutely nuts and you know it's it's been a really cool ride for me because i i've built a business uh you know the same way it's like i i feel like i'm i'm one of those people too you know like i'm i instead of having like uh you know individual clients like um you know a, a traditional uh you know commercial photographer for instance may have you know 10 to 40 clients in a year you know we have right. uh tens of thousands of clients yeah which is cool. super cool yeah, you know amazing you know we we just uh a few months ago surpassed a million youtube subscribers that's awesome oh congratulations that's like, incredible so you, that yeah. means you got it's your second you get your second plaque yeah, we got a giant gold plaque from YouTube. It's uh, that's amazing. Yeah, we haven't opened it yet. I think we're gonna do it on Facebook Live. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. Online learning is great. We just uh, subscribed to uh, Shane Hurlbert. Mm-hmm. He's a DP. Oh, cool. And he's kind of created an online uh, business model like ours, but for cinematography and filmmaking. Cool. So we, you know, it's incredibly affordable. It's like twenty bucks a month. You get access to like he does podcasts. He does all these ongoing things, but it has this like whole curriculum of like how to light at night. That's that's always been something like, all right, if we're shooting at, light, at night, how are we gonna light this? Like yeah, that, that's a, that's a challenge. So um, he's actually the DP of uh, his latest movie was Terminator Genesis. So like he's a really well known, established Hollywood director. Oh wow. And uh, he's, you know, put it all out there and it's just making all of this ongoing content. So, you know, for people like them that are making that and just like really allowing us to get into their world, that's incredibly cool. That's all because of the damn interwebs. I know, man. Yeah, I feel lucky. It's changing the way universities are going to operate. I mean, you even said it just a minute ago that... Um, you know the the work that you did was or the the people watching your stuff it was more valuable than going to university the the, the knowledge that they gained from you yeah i mean I, it's more I, practical i wouldn't say that you know like i'm i i'm all for it. i i went to university yeah, and i too. i loved yep. it you know right. and I, I had a great time and i had wonderful instructors and i'm not at all saying that like you know <laughs> watch a couple of free youtube tutorials sure. and that's the same as going to university but you know it i think it can most definitely like supplement learning and you know for individuals who don't have access to universities or you know that that you know can't afford higher education being able to learn this content online for free you know is i i feel like it's just opening up people to you know pursue their creative vision and and to me that's just that's the cool that's as cool as it gets i kind of want to talk about university just a little just a little bit more yeah okay what would you change about the current i guess framework of university what do you think is like what would you change if you can go back obviously like i'm with you like i loved the experience but there were certain things i hated you know what i mean right so yeah other things that if you oh had you, like uh aaron nace university oh uh, I, I everything <laughs> 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 yeah um no I, I i think the entire system is uh, doesn't make any sense really um to be totally honest but yeah the cost doesn't um, make any sense as i'm getting ready to send my oldest to uh, university yeah. it's like oh my i mean the God. cost is silly Crazy. tests are silly i mean you yeah. know I, I i did teach at university actually uh for for one semester um and i i was i was kind of blown away at like 
I would say, you know, half of the people in my class were like, they didn't even know why they were in that class. And they, they didn't really like, they, they didn't really want to be there. And I, I know that's like, that's typical of like ed- education, but also they were paying, yeah. you know, for that, for that like education. But, you know, they got very little out of the class because, you know, some of the people just barely even showed up. And obviously that's like, you know, life happens and 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 whatnot but you know it it seems like on-demand education just makes more sense you know like if if a person wants to learn photography or or photoshop like you know they can just go out there the difference is that they know what they want to do like they know that they want to learn photoshop so they're seeking that knowledge directly online for universe, you know, going to college, going to university, in many ways, it's very hard for a person who's 18, 19 years old to know what they want to do with their life. Right. In some ways, I think university is great for learning how to grow up, how to be away from your family, how to, you know, start to take on um, paying utility bills, or having your first apartment, and and having some responsibility to a schedule of you know going to school and stuff. It, it's great to help you become a well-rounded adult. But a lot of it, I think, you, yeah, you do wind up wasting because you're taking classes that aren't something that is really of interest to you. Yeah, I think university for, let's say, you know, uh, a person who knows they want to become an attorney and right. like that's their path. Sure. I or think a doctor. That, or right. a doctor, yeah. Like, yes, go ahead and take that path. But if you're entering university and you don't know what you want to do, you know, why? what are you doing so there? Why are you spending are that any money? Are there universities out there that you can just attend for four years and take like the four classes a semester or whatever and just get a general degree for yeah but why would you that doesn't oh, make yeah, any you sense you can get a liberal me. arts degree yeah, but I, I think it makes a ton of sense so I would take a bunch of business classes but then I was forced to take all these other classes that I had no interest in whatsoever so I would actually just go sit in like sociology I, I could take one sociology class that was that was so fascinated me I would just go sit in the other ones and skip the other ones so now I'm attending a class that I'm not even enrolled in just because I liked it, and the, the instructor was so inspirational. Why didn't you switch your major? Because I'm not going to I'm not going to switch my business major to take sociology classes. That doesn't make any sense. Right. And I'm forced to take all like fucking um, calculus, and literally like um, geometry and shit like that. Mm-hmm. It's like I I have no interest in this. Why am I being forced to take it? Like literally, why do I need to take calculus in college? Well, you don't, is the answer. Yeah, yeah. But so you're paying for this, like, uh, structured educational system that they decide that you yeah. do need to take calculus. But again, it best. doesn't make any sense. They know it's best. Well, they don't know best. They're yeah. just, they need your money, and they need to fill your curriculum, and that is one of the things that they use to fill your curriculum. But, you know, I, I would say, I mean, where we are, it. my perspective is, college is a lot of money and you're paying still, for that education many people are still, still paying, paying for that education and if you know to me if you don't get to pick and choose your classes like you know you're there to learn for you for you yep. you know forcing uh, young people to take classes that are not going to wind up being applicable to them i mean college did a lot of great things for me I, I think I learned how to think in new ways I think I learned work ethic you know all those sort of yeah. like side benefits and things like that but um, you know if a person has has an interest and has like an idea what they want to pursue I think that they should be free to 
get educated, you know, on that path, but forcing them to, you know, to take other classes that have nothing to do with what their interests are, um, you know, silly. They can read and write and do arithmetic. You know, forcing a person to learn calculus for a couple yeah. semesters is. It's it's just silly, <laughs> you know. I I'm I'm not going to use my calculus well, knowledge. Hopefully, online learning is going to really kind of help push and, and form that. I know nothing's going to change with the government anytime soon with public education, but hopefully, online learning and the lack of people maybe going to college because it is on a decline. A lot of colleges aren't decline right now. Like Brooks, completely just closed. Yeah, which really sucks because that was one of there's that and like what RIT and a few others and. Well, hopefully what a lot of the online education will do is actually help with competition and kind of tighten things up and make actually universities better. Um, Yeah. There's that opportunity. What's funny, like, one of our customers works at a huge university, like Ivy League. Yeah. Ivy League University calls in is like, I'd love for you guys to, to, you know, to use this curriculum. We don't teach this. We don't teach the basics in the photography program. Like what are you talking about? You don't yeah. What are you it. teaching? Right. Yeah. What are you teaching? A bunch of a bunch of things that aren't applicable to like how to run a business, get uh, win jobs, like really compete in the yeah. marketplace. They're, it's theoretical based. You well, it's art. It, it's arts based because you know yeah. the, the photography is in the art school, and then the natural push is to turn towards the um, artsy fartsy side of photography versus the the nuts and bolts of it. So. The curriculum that's being pushed by the department chair and the university, you know, as a whole, is on the artistic side versus uh, a blend of artistic and business. Yeah, I think that you know one one example that I have, and I I, I was lucky enough to teach at a at a university again right. for for one semester, and I was in the photography department. That was the department that I was teaching at, and I got to look at the at the curriculum for photography students. And I was so surprised, you know, like I'm in the industry of photography, you know, I, I, I work with professional and amateur photographers all the time. And I, you know, like have great friends who, you know, like you, I mean, Rob, you've got a very successful photographer, you know, and <laughs> I, I feel like I have an okay idea of like what goes into it. And to see the amount of like content that these, uh, that these students were being forced to take, like they had two semesters of InDesign in the photography department. Really? And I said, "What? You know, I it, it you know, I was meeting with a, right. w- one of the one of the co-chairs of the, you know, department deciding the content and I was like, "Why are these students learning InDesign?" And he was like, "Oh, well, it just uh, you know, it's part of the creative suite." And I was like, "They're photography students. <laughs> InDesign has nothing to do with photography. And if they wanted to learn this ever, they could just go go learn it. Like this is right no photographers use InDesign. Why are you forcing these kids to take yeah. two semesters of this? And two it was like, wow. oh, well, uh, we just need to like fill the hours. You know, oh, seriously, was, that was the answer just to I, fill the hours. And I was like, oh man, I, that's a poorly directed curriculum. I'm going to you know, say I that was like, that, that kind of, that, that's just sucks. You yeah, know, that's terrible. like I, and so I found like personal, like, Oh, like my heart was like, oh, these students are like paying thousands of hours per credit out, you know, like thousands of dollars for this and like stuff that just doesn't apply to photography. And I'm, you know, so I think a lot of it is like we're in a cool place, like education wise, where like the people creating these curriculums, like, you know, you guys with RGG and, you know, Flurn, like 
you know, as a Photoshop professional, like that I, I'm teaching them Photoshop and you guys are teaching people right. like photography, which is great by, by the working professionals. And so like you get a very real sense yeah. of what you actually need to learn to actually do this thing. Right, not because being we're coming from the perspective of a working professional and writing our curriculum, which is what we do. I mean, we write curriculum for every single tutorial. That's what we call it because that's what it is. We're writing our, our curriculum based on the professional world versus based on just a kind of like the department saying, what, what should we teach? And then writing yeah. something to fill in the gaps, to fill in the hours. Yeah. So I, I think... I, I think, think our biggest problem is limiting the amount of information that we share. You know, like how do we not make this ninety hours worth of yeah. worth of information sometimes? Because because a lot of people so like to, to just watch the entire photo shoot. We've had requests for that, no matter if it's a four hour shoot, and obviously we, the, that is boring, can be. But some people learn that way; they just want to observe the whole thing. Right. Um, some people like it completely, kind of cut down and abbreviated, and and you know, in a seven minute video. Uh, that they can watch and rewatch. Yeah, everyone learns differently. You know. Yeah, I, I think that you know that's a big gap for universities is you know when they can get their curriculums in line with what students are going to actually need when they get out of class. You know, then that I think at that point it's going to start to make a lot of sense. But right. you know, I know for me, you know, and I again I I loved going to school. I loved my program. I had wonderful instructors. But the day I graduated, I realized. I don't even know how to get a job. I don't even know what working as an industrial yeah. designer is like. Like, right. I had no classes on like the the business of uh, yeah. of what I studied. I, I I drew for four years, which I got good at drawing. But like yeah. at, at the end of that, it was like, you know, half of the students in my graduating class were like, "What do we even? What do we even do? How do we get there? Like, what is, yeah. you know." what's going on and you know we applied to to work at you know different companies and things like that but it was just like I, I didn't feel at all like I was actually trained to take the next step it was like the university was like an insular you yeah. know like part it's like this is our own curriculum that exists within the university that has like some overlap with the actual real world but it, it wasn't like a logical step it, it was more like its own its own thing and right. that to me just um, yeah. I don't know it's kind of weird let's do top 10 I'm just going to fire 10 things <laughs> at you and okay. we're going to play a little Ooh. game yeah? I like where this is just going so like quick rapid don't think about it <laughs> just answer the first thing that comes to your head alright oh boy yeah oh, alright all right. All right. favorite color uh, blue favorite country favorite country Bolivia Bolivia favorite car uh, my my current car I would say your current car. <laughs> Favorite food? Uh, bananas. Favorite drink? Um, guava juice. Favorite animal? Um, an ocelot. I don't know what that is. You just get wow. You got five points. <laughs> wow. Aaron's on the board with five points. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that makes any sense, but it does. <laughs> All right, favorite insect. Favorite insect, a uh, rhinoceros beetle. Rhinoceros beetle. Wow. Yeah, Why are cool. they called the rhinoceros beetle? They, they have, have a big, giant, giant horn? proboscis. A proboscis, 10 points. Ooh, He's on the board. That, that's a good word. Ten yeah, points. you definitely <laughs> definitely got it. Yeah, Get me right. talking about animals. What are, what are we on, seven? Yeah. Um, favorite cloud formation. Q. 
Cumulonimbus. Oh, look at this. Um, Rob, help me out here. What, what else we got? Favorite. We got two more. Favorite book. Yes. Favorite book. Uh, um, Shantaram. Shantaram. Nice. Rob's read it. Rob yeah. Tempko just gave the thumbs up. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a badass. Anyone who hasn't read Shantaram, it's a long book, but it's, it's incredibly good. All right. And then last favorite current musician. Current musician? Dead or living? Kanye. <laughs> yeah. Easy. Easy. <laughs> Easy. We, uh, we actually spent. Come on, an altar light beam. You know, yesterday in the hot tub, oh. Corey played that, and all of us got up and sang it oh at my like full volume. God. It was a glorious <laughs> moment. Was this, this was right after, or a few minutes after, Tomas went crazy and did a cannonball into the hot tub. <laughs> started headbanging at, at, head into banging the hot at, tub. At the, at the like, crescendo <laughs> of Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> was headbanging his face into the into water. The water. <laughs> that image is going to be burned in my head uh, forever. It was amazing. It's a beautiful human being. <laughs> That's what happens at these photographic influencer conferences, basically. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. A lot of very serious <laughs> discussions, obviously. <laughs> well, I think we need to wrap it up. Yeah, that was awesome. Aaron, thank you for coming hey, down. Hey, guys, uh, thanks so much for having me. Aaron, as always, we love talking to you, but it's because you're one of our favorite people of all time. And yeah. that's that's no joke. Yes, Serenice. Yes. <laughs> Thanks so much. Right. This has been wonderful, guys. Well, I think we, after these two podcasts, I bet we're pretty close to the Galapagos. Where are we going? <laughs> the Galapagos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We <laughs> go that way. It's been a long ride. Gilligan's Island. Gilligan's Island. Gilligan's Island. All right. Cool. Well, uh, over and out, and uh, we'll see you guys in our next one. Cool. Thanks Later. for listening, guys. Well, that's all she wrote for this one. Thanks for listening. Now get out of here and start shooting. This podcast is officially over. Over and out. Catch you next time, dude. How do you raise your game and make your mark? Stop taking pictures, you start making images, and with that, you set the world on fire. RGGE to you, my dad said I could.